What's the difference between being gifted and being called? In other words, is being good at something good enough? And does that mean it's your calling? We're diving into it in this week's edition of the Brittany Mitchell Podcast. Hi, I'm Brittany Mitchell. I spent more than a decade in TV news before starting my own business. Curiosity has always fueled my success. I love asking great questions and learning great lessons. Now I'm bringing that passion to this podcast because I believe everyone has something to teach us. So let's dive in. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a teacher when I grew up. But looking back, there were signs that sales was probably calling my name. Case in point, whenever our school was doing a fundraiser, I was always the girl who wanted to sell more than anyone else. I remember one year, specifically, we were selling cookie pies. Now, you're probably wondering what the heck is a cookie pie, and that's exactly what everyone I called to tell about our fundraiser asked me. And very quickly, I discovered that I needed to be good at telling people about a product. I needed to describe it in a way that let them know what it was and why they wanted it. And boy, did I. I remember taking my church directory and my neighborhood phone book. Remember when there were phone books on paper? And calling everyone I knew and selling a whole lot of cookie pies. Another year, I decided to do my own fundraiser and got one of those greeting card brochures where I went around the neighborhood and showed people all kinds of Christmas cards and sympathy cards and birthday cards and why I wanted to win the prize for selling all these cards. And here's another example, this one a little bit humiliating. In the fifth grade, I decided to go into the poster business. Now, this is comical if you know me because I have zero artistic ability. I'm creative, but I'm certainly no artist. And so I told my classmates, I would sell them a poster of their choice for just 25 cents. You pick the topic, dogs, horses, geography, whatever you want, I'll make you a poster. And I remember coming home with a pocket full of quarters, telling my mom I needed to buy some construction paper and setting to work with scotch tape, some National Geographic magazines, a pair of scissors. It was pretty crude art, my friends. But the point is, I sold a lot. And someone said to me, gosh, you should go into sales when you grow up. And I remember thinking, there is no way I will ever work in sales. Well, fast forward too many years, and here I am in a business that does center around selling a product. But it brings us to this week's question, and that is, if you're good at something, you're gifted, does it mean you're called? When I went into journalism and became a television news anchor, the ratings told me I was successful. Other people told me I was good at it. And when I decided to leave that field, people couldn't imagine why I would want to do that. And I knew it was because I was good at it, but I didn't feel it was my calling. So let's dive in a little bit deeper. It is entirely possible to be gifted and not called. What's the difference? Well, being gifted means exactly what it sounds like. You have a gift for a particular field or a particular job. But when you are called to something, it goes a lot deeper. I do believe it's possible to be called to different things in life. I absolutely felt called to be a journalist and devoted a number of years in my professional career to that field. But I also think that calling goes deeper and can shift. So what are some things that tell you that perhaps what you are doing and are gifted at are not the things you are called to? 
Well, it's a pretty deep question. I've done some research on the topic. And Paula Ferris from ABC News wrote a powerful book, and the title is Called Out. And in it, she debates the difference between your calling and your career and your work and your worth. And I completely agree with what she says, that we get these things all tangled up together. After all, we're human. We love to be affirmed. And when people are telling you you're good at something, it's easy to say, this is my calling. This is where I should be. But it isn't always the case. If you're a person of faith, you can probably relate to calling being something that is set in place by God. As a Christian, I firmly believe that all of us have God-given talents and abilities, but I also believe that calling falls into a different category. Here are some ways that you can tell a gut feel that something is a calling. First of all, do you feel that you can't not do it? If so, then it might be a calling. Is it something that you don't look forward to doing? Then perhaps it's something you're gifted at, but not called to. Now, I want you to think for a second, close your eyes if you're not driving your car, and I want you to think about things that other people tell you that you are good at. Here's one. People say to me all the time, gosh, you're so good with kids. Now, it probably is true, but it doesn't make it my calling. And that is why after spending all of my childhood thinking I would be an elementary school teacher, I did not become one. And so it's important for you to know if you're in a vocation where you are feeling frustrated right now, feeling that you're not satisfied, feeling there has to be something else, you could be in the gap between gifting and calling. If you are in a field that feels like, gosh, I can't imagine doing something else, you tell other people they might enjoy doing it. You constantly share stories of how fulfilling it is. Maybe you're working in your calling. I have a friend who works with children. And when I talk to her about it, her eyes light up. She explains to me how she just loves teaching them something new and seeing them come to a new place or a new skill and knowing she had a role in that. It's clear that it's both something that is a gifting and a calling. But how many of you, like me, know people who talk about their jobs in a completely different way? Maybe they are frustrated. Maybe they haven't been promoted. Maybe they're no longer motivated. But a lot of times they'll say things like, well, I went to college and studied for four years to do this. What else would I do? Friends, I want to give you permission to dream. You know, in my company, we talk a lot about dreams. And I know that some of you may be rolling your eyes and thinking dreams are for dreamers. But this is what I know. If you have something you want to do, who are you not to go after that? Who's watching you? I absolutely believe that your dreams are tied to those of other people. And if you don't go for your dream, how many other people will never decide to go for theirs because you didn't? Now, I'm not putting pressure on you. I'm simply telling you it might be time to dust off the dream. I don't think I really realized that my dream was to build a business and craft something that was just my own. But once I started doing that, I realized that there was something coming alive in me that I hadn't seen before. I couldn't wait to get up in the morning. I couldn't wait to go to work. 
Now, I will tell you that there's certainly a double-edged sword that sometimes when you're working in your calling, you do need to remember to put work down. But that's the difference. I can remember being so excited when I first started my business that I would lay awake at night. I would keep a legal pad and a pen by my bed on the nightstand so that I could jot down things if I woke up in the middle of the night. I was so excited about what I was doing. This is what I want to ask you. Three questions in this pod today. Number one, we talked about it briefly. What are people telling you you are good at? Number two, what do you enjoy doing the most? And number three, when was the last time you felt that feeling I just described? That can't wait to get there, can't wait to do it, can't wait to tell other people about it kind of feeling. If you haven't felt that way in a long time, I encourage you to take a little time this week to dust off a dream. What does that look like? Well, I'm a big list maker, and I encourage you to make a list this week of things that you once wanted to do and haven't thought about for a while. Now, maybe it was travel. Maybe it was own a big home. Maybe it was build a home. Maybe it was meet a certain person or work in a certain industry. And I know why dreams die, and you do too, if we're being honest. It's because sometimes they aren't realistic. Well, here's a question. Who told us that they had to be? You know, when you were a little kid, if you told someone you wanted to be a fireman when you grew up or an actress or a famous person, no one at age five would have said to you, now, honey, you can't do that. That's ridiculous. Or gosh, that sounds dangerous. A fireman? No. What do we do when children tell us their dreams? We say, you can do it. I know you can. Or I can't wait to see you do that. And it's not just us being good parents. It's that we know when someone has a dream, it's easy to blow out the flame that's burning inside them. And who's going to do that to a kid? So why did we suddenly get to a place where as adults, when we dream, people blow that flame out so easily? Who decided that it was okay to squash the dreams of grownups, but not kids? Who decided that... Dreaming is only for children. It's not for adults. I don't know who decided that, but we're going to all decide together right now that that is ridiculous and start to dream again. So back to the list. I encourage you to make that list. And I encourage you to ask yourself these questions. What, if anything, would I like to look different in my life? What would be different if that dream came true? Who told me I couldn't have it? How willing am I to work to get it? Where in my life do I need to decide to let something go? And where in my life do I need to dream again? Now, these are questions that you can ponder. You can go back and listen to again. But I think that we get closer to where we are meant to be, to our calling, when we start with dreaming. Now, if you are a person who hasn't dreamed in a long time, this may be difficult. You may be thinking, I don't have time to dream. I have an income to bring in. I have a family to support. But I want to tell you that there are plenty of dreamers out there who probably thought the same thing. Just recently, we saw in the news, some average everyday Americans, okay, and Jeff Bezos go into space. Now think how ridiculous that would have sounded 
even just a few years ago to say, yeah, I'm going to go to space next week. But they did it. We watched them on television. And someone thought of that idea way before they wanted to do it. And I'm sure that there were plenty of naysayers. See, there's lots of those out there. And this is what I've learned in my life. People who are quickest to squash your dream have probably had someone step all over theirs. And so this is what I'm giving you permission to do today. When someone snuffs out the flame that is your dream, light it up again. Where do you need to reignite something? You know, when we have something burning in us, something we're hungry for, don't we behave differently? I know I do. And so what could a dream do in your life? Now, there are lots of dreams. Some are the kind that you could make come true tomorrow. Like, I'm going to quit this dead-end job. (laughs) Some of them are ones that take a lot of work, that require a lot of time. But I believe they're all valuable. And some of them will take you through that gap between gifted and called. Now, as a person of faith, I firmly believe that God calls us where he has gifted us. I firmly believe that those God-given talents and abilities are there for a reason. As a mentor of high school students, I constantly say to them, if you do nothing else, spend your life investigating what God gave you and where it could take you and where he's calling you. And I think in order to do that, we have to get quiet. We have to be still. And I don't know about you, but I'm not really great at that. I'm the person who sits in front of the television with a magazine or a book and my laptop and probably my phone watching a TV show. I have a lot of time that I'm not still, but I'm learning to get still because when we listen to what's in our heart and we close our eyes and dream again, and yes, if you're a person of faith, we listen to what God is calling us to, things shift. They do. I've been building my business for 20 years now, and these are the things that I've noticed. First, the physical. When I left my last job, I was in such a stressful situation that I was literally paying a chiropractor three days a week just to try to feel better. Now, at the time, I thought that was really smart because I would pay him, I would go for a treatment, I would feel better. But here's the bigger question. What if you weren't stressed and didn't need the chiropractor at all? Now, I'm not trying to put chiropractors out of business. They do great things. But that thought didn't occur to me. Here's another question. Where in your life are you paying for something as a result of stress? You know, some people drink, some people pay doctors or take prescriptions because their physical health has been affected by the level of stress in their life. I guarantee you that while there is stress in a lot of areas of life, if you are at that level of stress, you might be stuck in that gap between gifting and calling. Let's look at finances. Sometimes it's really hard to work toward calling when the gifting is paying well. Can we be honest for a second? I made good money as a TV news anchor, and I would have made even more money if I had signed the contract they wanted me to sign to stay in that role longer than I did. But there's a part of you that knows yourself better than anyone. And for me, I knew that the money was exciting for a moment, but money doesn't buy calling. It just doesn't. See, calling is within you. Financial gain is only temporary. 
you know, it's been said there are only two things in life that we can spend and never get back time and money. And that is so true. It is so true. And so I encourage you, if you are doing something only because you are well compensated and it's not feeling like you're calling, then it might be okay to just identify it as a gifting. Look, some people will be fortunate enough to find their calling early in life, pursue it, and be on that glorious path. And others are going to have to try things on for size. I think one of the biggest things we do as a society, and I do believe we're getting better about this, is we expect people to go to college and get a degree and graduate and then do that thing for the rest of their lives. We're moving past that. We're in an era where people aren't afraid to try things on for size. We do it with clothing. Why would we not do it with calling? I think even if you feel you know what it is, there still needs to be a level of trying things on for size. So here's another question. When was the last time you tried on something new? When was the last time you tried something that maybe you've been curious about or wanted to study or wanted to learn more about? What is it that's holding you back from just getting curious? You know, my business coach says that that's what we should all be. We should approach everything with a genuine sense of curiosity. But here's the part that's tough. It's easier to do that with others than with ourselves. Now, I know why, and you do too. Sometimes we don't like to ask ourselves questions, either because we don't know the answer or we're afraid of the answer. A lot about pursuing calling has to do with going into the unknown. At least it did for me. Was I sure that building a business was right for me? Of course not. Was I certain it was my calling to be in the business I'm in now? Absolutely not in the beginning. So I encourage you, if you're dreaming, if I'm getting the wheels of your brain turning a little bit today, what would be the worst thing that could happen? You know, the author and pastor Stephen Furtick in his book, Crash the Chatterbox, says, go down the rabbit hole. Here's what he means. Sometimes we don't like to let our brain go around that dark corner. Have you ever heard the expression, don't go into your head alone? It's a dangerous neighborhood. You shouldn't be there by yourself. <laughs> Stephen Furtick says, go down the rabbit hole. Let yourself think, okay, what is the worst thing that could happen? But then ask yourself, what's the best thing that could happen? Now, here's the advantage in going down the rabbit hole. If we avoid going down the rabbit hole, then we think, I can't leave my job. I can't leave what I'm doing now. I'm being well-paid. I'm supporting a family. Okay, let's play that out. Let's go down the rabbit hole. What's the worst thing that could happen? Well, I wouldn't have a paycheck. Okay, then what? Well, I wouldn't have money to support my family. Okay, then what? Would you not eat? Well, no, I'm sure we'd find a way. What are some ways that you could? Well, I mean, I guess I could get another job. Okay, what else could you do? Well, I guess I could tell people I'm looking for a job. Good. What else? Well, maybe someone would suggest a job I'd never thought of before. Okay, what else? Well, maybe I'd, maybe I'd like one of those jobs. Maybe one of those jobs would turn out to be better than the job I have now. Now we're cooking with gas. Okay, what else? Well, I guess maybe I'd look back at the job I had and realize I was supposed to leave. Mm. And then what? Well, maybe I'd realize that that really wasn't my calling, but 
that I'm on my way to whatever is. Aha. Now, what if we hadn't gone down the rabbit hole? What if we sat in that moment of not wanting to look around that dark corner? Sometimes going down the rabbit hole is the best way to go, oh, well, I guess maybe it's not as scary in the dark as I thought. And here's the reality. The dark is only dark because it's unknown. I have an expression, everything new is foreign at first. How did you get comfortable at anything? Maybe working out at the gym. Was it comfortable the first time you did it? I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure you probably woke up the next day with sore muscles and thinking, I am not going back. That was torture. Okay, maybe that's just me. But what happens when you do anything long enough, consistently enough, and yes, with some good advice from someone who's been there before you? We get better. We get better. And so that's the whole thing about this gap between gifting and calling. Are you open to the idea that there could be something better? Now, for the practical among you, for the logical among you, I feel you. I am a highly practical person. I can rationalize almost anything. Some people tell me I should have been an attorney. I can argue things from both sides, but this is what I've learned. It really is true that if you want to get better, the only way to do it is to go through it. You have to try what you're afraid of. You have to go down the rabbit hole. And yes, you have to know the difference between a gifting and a calling. I hope this has given you something to think about today. I welcome your feedback and I'll leave you with a couple of self-reflection questions that you can ponder as we wrap up. Just three. Number one, when I work in an area that feels like my calling, what's different in my life? When I work in an area that feels like my calling, what's different in my life? Mm. Number two, what do I want to model for others who are seeking their own calling? And finally, number three, what's the worst and the best thing that can happen if I just start to dream again? I hope this podcast makes you think. I really believe that great questions lead to greater lessons. So I challenge you, share this pod with someone this week and talk about it with them. Invite them to answer the questions you heard and answer them for yourself, whether on paper, in a journal, whether over a cup of coffee, or maybe even with me. I'd love to hear what you think. And more than anything, I hope you'll spend some time dreaming. And in that gap between gifting and calling, Your calling is waiting for you, and it's counting on you. Will you pursue it? Wow, you're giving us amazing feedback on this podcast, and we appreciate all of your positive reviews. Be sure and share this pod with friends, and don't forget to subscribe. We look forward to having you with us again next week, and until then, make it a great one.